Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 67 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. Today's date is Friday, April 24th, 2020. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mike Valverde and Evan Hoover. I almost said Mike Hoover. That would have been an interesting change. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Round one is in the books. How are we doing today? I am a walking zombie, Jeff. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. You still you still uh, laid up with whatever you got that's not No, the it's the draft jam. It takes a lot out of me. Yeah, try, try doing draft jam and writing 2,800 words. <laughs> I read every time. word. It was good stuff. <laughs> What was that? I read all the words. I read it all. It was good stuff. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, uh, what we're going to do today is we're just going to have kind of a freeform discussion about round one of the NFL draft that's in the books. By the time you're listening to this, round two will probably be started. We're recording this at 1 o'clock Pacific on Friday. The draft is set to start at 4 o'clock Pacific on Friday. Start back up for round two. But before we get started, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. So if you found us through the website or through a link on Twitter or what have you, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts. That means Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else. And uh, if they do let you do that on your platform of choice, please rate and review. Uh, it helps find, uh, let more people find the podcast. Um, if you want to see the draft jam that Evan mentioned last night, we made at least one joke for every uh, pick of the 32 picks that were made last night some of them good even <laughs> i was proud by the way i enjoyed the heck out of it i came in late on it I, I i don't remember what pick but as soon as i saw like the first one i kept like refreshing to see the other one so you guys did a great job yeah people seem to like the falcons one about uh es- eschewing safety for uh for a month now so um and if you want to get in on next year's draft jam we did uh brainstorm all that stuff on our discord if you go to tiny cc slash absurdity that'll take you to the discord you can go in there we're having a chat today about uh with uh about what the packers are going to do and what they were thinking with their pick last night uh it was a good discussion um if you want to help us jump in on that if you want to help support us um oh transition jumped on your transition Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, if you want to help support us, there is a link to the T Public in the description. You can sign up for FanDuel at fanduel.com slash football absurdity. Um, not much to bet on right now, so I not not the best sponsor, but if you sign up, you'll get five bucks when there is sports again. Um, or you can go to patreon.com slash football absurdity and you will get the extra episodes. Right now we're doing an episode every other week in the main feed. Um, except when Evan's dying of not coronavirus, we skipped a couple weeks ago, but you will get an episode every week between the main feed and the Patreon feed. And, uh, that's again, patreon.com slash football absurdity. And it's uh three bucks a month to get the, the extra, uh, two episodes. So gentlemen, before we start talking about the NFL draft, the question for you folks off the top, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? Did we already talk about that? No. No. Okay. What is your favorite conspiracy theory? I'll start while you guys uh, think about it. My favorite conspiracy theory is human animal clone chimera hybrids. The reason I love it so the reason I love it so much is because there is a clip of Alex Jones talking about seeing them in the tanks. And he talks about how they have sad human eyes, these fish people with sad human eyes. And he sees them in these tanks in a in a research facility outside of Austin, Texas. So that's my favorite conspiracy theory. It is the chimeras with the sad human eyes. Evan, what about you? Stevie Wonder isn't blind. Stevie Wonder isn't blind. That's a good one. 
Yeah, uh, Google it. There's heaps of people writing quote evidence unquote that Stevie Wonder can see, and is just doing it for reasons. Man, that is a uh, that's a dedication to a bit. That's like a um, like a Seinfeld level. Like you know, they thought I had a limp or something, and then they have to keep the limp up every time they're around this person. Type of deal, but for what? God, four, five decades now. How long Stevie Wonder been around? Long time. Yeah, he's got to be seventy. Yeah, he's up there. So, Mike, what about you? Uh, number one, always been the only really conspiracy theory I, I hear to is that there were multiple killers on JFK, uh, and not Oswald had like zero to do with with any of it. So, I could go on. I, I probably can make like this like five hours. Uh, jfk uh, podcast but i'm sure you and the rest of the people who tune into this really don't want to hear me yammer on about jfk so yeah i'll just leave it at that yeah there you go so we got jfk we got stevie wonder isn't blind and we have uh human uh fish hybrids with sad human eyes chimeras um and the reason just to put a little extra point on it the reason they're making chimeras is because humans have rights but animals don't really have rights so they're trying to make slaves that don't have rights because they're technically animals even though they're animal human hybrids that's why they're doing it that's why the globalists are doing it and it's in the white papers folks so what else is in the white papers or rather in the books is round one of the nfl draft it went down last night pretty much without a hitch it was a completely virtual draft um Roger Goodell was in his basement. Uh, he was in a blazer for part of it. Then he switched to a sweatshirt for some or a sweater uh, for some reason. But um, I think it went off pretty much without a hitch. Um, it was I thought it was going to be rough because I watched NFL Network pretty much all the last couple days. And um, there was a lot of uh, technical issues and delays where they would throw it to somebody and then the person would be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then they talk. But this one pretty much went down without a hitch. Maybe it's because ESPN was doing the the actual production of it, um, even though I watched it on NFL Network. So, um, where do you guys want to – Kuiper on there on the NFL? Because I I, that was the only thing I could figure out is why they had Kuiper on there. Well, yeah, they had Kuiper and Trey Wingo and Adam Schefter. Those are all – yeah, those are all ESPN guys. So, yeah, ESPN was doing the production, but they were airing it on ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network, I believe, were the networks that it was on. I don't count Adam Schefter as a person. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Why don't you count Adam Schefter as a person? Oh, a new conspiracy theory emerges. Yeah, a new conspiracy theory. <laughs> I, I, I just think Adam Schefter is all about himself and doesn't care about um, reporting true and correct news like he did with the Andrew Luck situation and how badly he handled that with uh, announcing retirements and i just don't think he cares so you know uh, people who don't care or don't have compassion aren't really real people to me ah okay i don't i don't get insiders like your career is literally leaking information that people don't want to be leaked how how do you get sources and keep them it doesn't make sense to me it's because it's a it's a quid pro quo sort of thing. It's like, you know, leak this, uh, you know, you get to the front of line for this. If you leak this information that I want people to have out, it's just a quid. It's just a quid pro quo. Like they're just repeating what other people tell them so that they can have access to repeat other things that people tell them. I, I don't the, what I really don't know is how you start being an insider. That's what I want to know. Like in the uh, like in the NBA, Shams just popped up like it was always Adrian Wojnarowski. 
Wojcicki. Yeah, yeah, let's just call him Waj. It was Waj for a long time. Now it's Waj and Shams. And it's like, where did Shams come from? All of a sudden, Shams is as good as Waj. And it's like, where did, how does, how does this happen? You know, because uh, you got uh, Rap Sheet and uh, Schefter um, in the NFL. And uh, it's like, how would a third guy come up? You know, like, like how, how do you start being an insider? You're just all of a sudden, you're an insider? You, nah. Yeah, that's another conspiracy theory, I guess. <laughs> Just full of conspiracy theories. So, um, so okay, so uh, we, where do you guys want to start? Um, in the draft, there was, uh, let's see, four quarterbacks that for fantasy football purposes in the first round, four quarterbacks that went, um, a running back, and uh, it looks like six wide receivers in the first round. Um, we could start with uh, Joe Burrow. We could start with uh, the... The wide receivers, wherever you guys want to start. We can start with CEH at the end of the first. Uh, let's start with quarterbacks. All right. What do you want to talk about, Mike? So Joe Burrow went uh, first to Cincinnati, Tua, Tungalavoya, um, came close enough to that, fifth to Miami, sixth, uh, Herbert to the Chargers, and then 20, Jordan Love to the Packers, who, let's be clear here, that has no fantasy relevance, and it was very nice to be able to punt on jo- talking about Jordan Love last night in my uh, my article. Um, so got Burrow and Cincy again, two in Miami, Herbert in, uh, for the Chargers, and Jordan Love backing up Aaron Rodgers there in Green Bay. So I guess I'll start with this. Your Last round of your draft, redraft league, you have to take a rookie quarterback. All four are on the board. Where are you going? Who are you drafting? Jalen Hurts. Out of the four quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round, who are you drafting? Jalen Hurts. Well, let me do this process elimination. Not Herbert. I don't think he's good. And I think he's going to take a long time to get there. And his team's not good. Let's see. And then, like like you were alluding to, I don't think Love's going to start this year. So that just leaves Tua and Burrow. Now, Burrow has, what, Cincinnati? And Tua has San Diego? No, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Miami. Tua went to my, uh, the Chargers in our mock draft. Oh, darn. I was getting excited about Tua. Okay, then Burrow. Burrow. But- Tua doesn't have the weapons, and Hibbert doesn't have the development. Evan, he has Mike Kosicki. What other weapons do you need? Devontae Parker. And, yeah. That's true. Devontae Parker's they're really not good. great, but they're definitely could be on the upcoming. Yeah, he's he, he's got some he's got some guys. Um, but Mike, so clearly you wanted to talk about Jalen Hurts. So Well, um, I was just trying to make a I was just making a joke that I, I think that Jordan Love has just as much value as, as Jalen Hurts. I have even less value than Jalen Hurts right now. And probably when, when five years from now, six years from now, whatever, I don't think you're going to hear of, of Jordan Love being anything uh, where Jalen Hurts, I think, has more potential and better ceiling than, than, uh, her, um, than Love does. So it was, I was being, it was being sarcastic. Okay, so what about Burrow, uh, Tua, and Herbert? Which one? You're on the clock. You got to take one. Redraft league. Where are you going? Uh, I'm. Yeah, I, I think I think right now, Burrow is probably the safest option. So I'd go with Burrow just because he he's Herbert is either going to be a boomer bust, uh, and Tagliavoa I really see as a bad option just because his injury history is lengthy and 
I really think the Dolphins made a mistake with that. Um, so it would definitely be Burrow uh, as far as as what I would I would choose. I don't like any of them to be honest with you. I really don't like any of them. If, if I had to make only, I would only do it like you said in the position that I'm in. Because honestly, none of these guys excite me at all, uh, and I, I don't see them being at all superstars. I see them all just being, you know, twenty to twenty-five. Um, if you're going to rank the thirty-two qu- quarterbacks, they're going to be between twenty and twenty-five for most of their career, if not just poop and gone. That's, I mean, that's an interesting. That's an interesting take to have. So. Out of Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and well, let's let's throw put Jordan Love aside. You don't see any of them being e- even in the top half of quarterbacks in the NFL in say two years. No, not at all. Well, what makes you say that about Burrow? I mean, Herbert, we've documented. I, I but what makes you say that about Burrow and Tua? Because that seems to fly in the face of general opinion on those guys. Well, I, I think it flies in the face of general opinion just due to the fact that. You have to have quarterbacks in this league. They have to be tr- cherished. They have to be, have because that's what the NFL makes the NFL go around. So you're, they're going to get the bigger share of the spotlight. Uh, they're going to get most of the attention. And teams that are looking for quarterbacks, there it's a match. So you could put you could put anybody in any names in any of these slots, and they're all going to get the same kind of uh, spotlight. Because they are what makes the NFL go round. They are the ones that make the NFL the money. So, but if you're looking at talent-wise, right? Tagliovoa concerns me. I think his, I, I like his talent. I think he has, he's a great dual-threat quarterback. He has good arm. But I just don't see him being healthy. I really just see him just getting banged up year after year, injury after injury. So that, that eliminates him. As far as Burrow... He was nothing. Zero comes into a great offensive system, and the, the maybe the probably the system made him more of a quarterback than what he really is. He has great IQ, which which is very important to have in football. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I just don't. I just don't see. It. I think the the offense LSU's offense was was tremendous, and it not only the offensive scheme but the players on that team made it really easy for him. Um, and he felt that every, wherever he was out, got, got his chance and made the most of it. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. Um, Justin Herbert, we, as we mentioned, we talked about, uh, another guy that I just, I just can't see. So where does that leave us? That leaves us with a bunch of guys that are going to be anywhere between 20 and 25, uh, just because they went in the first round and they can't just be discarded easily. So my question for you is this, because. In his time in Cincinnati, Andy Dalton's always been somewhere between quarterback 15 and 20 in in the league. So you're saying that the, the Bengals are taking a downgrade by taking Joe Burrow first. Is that what you're saying? I, I think if, uh, yeah, I think that Joe Burrow and Andy Dalton are pretty, pretty accurate kind of uh, players that you're not getting much of return by getting rid of Andy Dalton, except for the age factor that you're turning around and getting Joe Burrow. I really see both Burrow and Dalton um, ending up with the same kind of careers, except for the fact, of course, that Burrow is a lot younger than Andy and Dalton. Yeah, but but 
where has so if you had to rank all the quarterbacks over the course of Andy Dalton's career, where would you have put him? I, I I would put him higher than twenty to twenty-five, and that's where you put Joe Burrow. That's why I'm confused because that that's a distinct downgrade. That's not saying they're the same player, except the only difference is age. Yeah, I mean, I okay, so yeah, if, if, is he worse than Andy Dalton? Maybe that's probably a little far fetched. Um, I'd I'd say uh, that. Uh, looking back on it, and you're making a good point, uh, and it's a good question. I would say they are equally the same, anywhere between probably 15 and 20. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it was just the 20 to 25 that got me, because once you get out right. of 20 to 25, you're talking about the guys that just like, um, you know, rotational quarterbacks, guys that float from team to team, your 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick's, your Tyrod Taylor's, you know. Um, that's why I was kind of like, you're you're putting them barely above those quarterbacks, which that I couldn't really countenance or cosign. But if you think that they'll end up in somewhere between 15 and 20, then Godspeed, good on you. I'm not I'm I, I don't agree, but um, I'm not going to, you know, we can't argue the future. Um, which is, right. which, which is what we're talking about here. You can't really argue, um, with right. that. So, right. um, so Jordan love. So <laughs> Aaron Rodgers got farved. So, um, somebody, somebody tell me what you, what's going on there in green Bay, because by all intents and purposes, or for all intents and purposes, by all reports, they need to get Aaron Rodgers some, help they need to get him some weapons is this a situation where probably they had love as one of the highest if not the highest quarterback on their board and they were like well we got to get him Aaron Rodgers getting up there in age and there's plenty of wide receivers or is it a situation like San Francisco where Brandon Ayuk turns out to was the number two wide receiver on their board so no matter what happened they were going to end up with Brandon Brandon Ayuk and uh, maybe they the Packers value the wide receivers that are that are down the board a little bit more further um they don't value them or they're going to be more than happy getting those guys in the second round like like somebody talked to me about this jordan love thing because i don't understand um you know if they're they're they got to win now with aaron Rodgers, and aaron Rodgers is a is a fussy man so uh drafting his replacement while he's already on the team doesn't seem like the best thing for team unity plus he's in a four-year contract so you know <laughs> Roger sells four years left on his contract. Oh, so yeah. even if love blooms, he might be able to sign somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the yeah. So it's like they could have a situation where, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers plays out his contract, and then Jordan Love um, is gone. I mean, they they would have to exercise the fifth year option on a backup quarterback to keep him if that plays out which is absolutely crazy to me because then you'd be having a quarterback. Well, they could go ahead and extend him, but they could go ahead and um, uh, have that situation play out where they don't know the starter and they're looking to um, get uh, have him start uh, the next year under the last year of his deal. So I was looking because I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers' dead money. So he's got $50 million. Well, Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere for at least two years. So let's ignore the $51 million, $31 dead million in uh, 2020 and 2021. So in 2022, he is owed 30, let's just call it $40 million in uh, 2022. That's his cap number. He's got a 25 base salary, $14 million prorated bonus. 500 grand workout bonus. So that's almost 40 million uh, against the cap for Aaron Rodgers. They save 22 and a half million dollars if they cut Aaron Rodgers. And um, 
that year, and then they save uh, 25 against the cap. So is this a, Aaron, we love you, buddy, but they're, we're, you're done in 2022. Like, like, what do you guys think? This is the last hurrah for Aaron Rodgers, and then they'll have uh, Jordan Love take over in 2022? Or, or, and then uh, Rodgers can go the Favre route and go to the Vikings when uh, Kirk Cousins' contract is up, I think at the end of 2022 as well. Sure. This pick was my favorite pick of the whole draft because up until that point, it's been one of the more tame, I don't want to say boring, but not exciting WTF drafts. And this shook it up. So I'm just glad they did it. So we have something to talk about that's interesting. Evan, you can say it. It was a boring draft. It was it was chalk. It was it was a chalk draft with no pomp and circumstance. Like um what was the first big surprise pick? Was it I mean, I can't even think. Of, I, let's see. So it went Burrow, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, all, all. I mean, everybody had those guys going top three. Um, Andrew Thomas, we knew they were going to take a tackle, or we thought they would take a tackle. We weren't sure which one. Tua then Herbert, and we got Derek Brown, which is boring. Isaiah Simmons, which is a boring pick. C.J. Henderson at nine is a little surprising, but I mean, not, not really, not to me. Yeah, love- not really. It's 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 a good. It pick wasn't a Jets. WTF. It was a. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it wasn't like, oh my god, I'm texting Jeff right now. Yeah, no, it was one of those like, I, I'm I'm the same as you guys when I when uh when they picked Henderson, I, I, it it made me sit up. I was like, oh, that's an interesting pick, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the Ted Ginn pick years ago where they took Ted Ginn at what, like seven. You know, it was it wasn't one of those picks. But then but you got Austin, my the Rams taking Tavon Austin at seven. Yeah, it, it wasn't one of those just like out of left field picks. And, and there was, by the way, there were no trades yet in this, you know, in the first 12 picks. So then you got Wills Becton off the board to Cleveland and the Jets. Evan, your Raiders taking Henry Ruggs. That was expected. The nine. Or that, the, oh, really? That surprised me. Maybe it's, maybe I'm just biased, but I was like, all right, haven't started the wide receiver yet. We can get Lamb or Judy. Who do they like better, Lamb or Judy? And they went with Lamb Jr. And I'm like, what? what's going on? Yeah, well, I mean, it could be worse where I'm sitting there going, Lamb or Judy, Lamb or Judy, Lamb or Judy, and the Niners take Javon Kinlaw. I'm like, okay. But even then, Javon Kinlaw was was mocked to the Niners in a lot of mock drafts because he, he's going to step in and replace DeForest Buckner, who they traded Mike to your boys, uh, yeah. Colts. Um, but I'm, I mean, I and the, first... the Raiders zagging is not really surprising at all in the draft. Now that I think about it, I, I, well, I would have been shocked if they actually did what I predicted them to do. Well, and the, I mean, let's be clear here. We should have thought about this. The, the Raiders taking the fastest guy in the draft is the most Raiders possible. Raider thing. thing. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. The ghost of Al Davis lives on in the Henry Ruggs pick. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, as, as a testament to how boring this draft was, what was the first trade? What was the first trade? Tampa Bay moves Didn't up. The Niners trade back a while. Yeah. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay or Niners switch spots. Yeah. 13 and 14, they swapped spots, and the Niners got a fourth-round pick out of it. Like, that was the first trade. Like, and that's 13 and 14. Like, it's this draft was so incredibly boring for the first half. It was mostly chalk. Jerry Judy to Denver is interesting. We'll, we'll come back and talk about some of these. But then, like, AJ Terrell to Atlanta. I think we talked about they either needed to get – I thought they were going to get Chasen or chase on. Um, but we talked about, they needed a cornerback as well. CD lamb to Dallas is an incredible pick for Dallas. They, they have maybe the best wide receiver core in the league. Now, um, then Austin Jackson, Miami, Damon Arnett to the Raiders. That was, there's your WTF pick. Evan, what is going on with Damon Arnett? L Davis rises. 
Yeah, what what are your boys doing there? Did you find a justification for that? No, but I still have the physical sensation from rolling my mouse scroll down trying to find him on the list. <laughs> I was like frustratedly scrolling, the rolling thing, and it's like a little crease in my finger now. And that's uh, you look at you know the instant reaction draft uh, draft grades that were going on, and it's uh, Evan. Was it you the one who posted? It was all A's and B's except for the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, in the Discord. So what did the Raiders get in that one? I just laughed at the all We couldn't even, like, that stumped all of us because we couldn't even make a joke for, like, five minutes. We just sat there and we're like, who? Yeah, Who's Dam- this guy? What does he do? Yeah, Damon Arnett, which it, it's, you know that it's a head-scratching pick when you get a lower grade than the Seahawks, who at 27 took Jordan Brooks, a guy, a third, a guy who's, like, a consensus third-round pick, um in the first round in a, and uh, he's kind of a thumper in a um, division that now has, uh, you know, George Kittle to worry about Kyler Murray to worry about um, and uh, no real running game in the, in LA. And you draft this guy into a division, this, this run stopping running back or linebacker into a division that, uh, you know, you need, you need a different type of linebacker in the, in the NFC West. But um, it, it's rough for the Seahawks to get a better grade than the Raiders did because Damon Arnett, I don't know, man. It's 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 a real split I saw on Twitter today between the analytics and the scouting community because the scouting community, I was looking into it, points at his tool bag. You know, what does he have? You know, he's uh, his traits. Whereas this, the, the analytics community is looking at his results. His traits are good. His traits and measurables are good. The results are bad. I'm gonna edge with the bad results. Um, and and uh, I mean Evan, he's he's Ohio State, right? Damon Arnett. Uh oh. One sec here. I had a pop up playing music and I had to turn it off. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess he's Ohio State. So I guess I have to like root for him now or something. But I wonder if the technology limitations were causes of some of these picks because the Raiders could have easily traded to the second round and gotten Arnett and then something else. So he was going to be there. So I'm wondering if there wasn't as much wheel of deal available because all the GMs were like stressed out about working from home or whatever. Could be. Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely a possibility. He, he uh, ticks the boxes that Gruden likes. He's got the toughness. He played, he played through a broken wrist last year and they like Ohio State cornerbacks. Ohio State produces good cornerbacks. Uh, they're a winning program. All the intangibles that Gruden loves but and Mayock loves, but the tangibles themselves seemed lacking. Yeah, and maybe that's the new reward for being a Gruden grinder is your first-round pick. <laughs> Instead of a little fluff segment at the end of Monday Night Football, Gruden grinders get a, get a NFL contracts. Uh, Mike, what was your reaction to the Damon Arnett pick? I was just like anxiety WTF. I, I I even watching him play, he's small. He's listed at six foot, but I don't think he's six foot. Uh, he, you know, he's supposedly good and press and can mirror, but it's yeah. I, I to me, it just didn't even like. I was just like, none of this makes sense. At nineteen, really. I mean, trade down, do something. I mean, even if you can't and you're stuck and there's three seconds left on the clock, there's there's like three other wide receivers you could have gone with. You could have gone with Rieger, Jefferson, Ayuk, 
they obviously need more wide receivers than just the one. So, I mean, at the very least, grab somebody. Grab a pass rusher. Have him team with Max Crosby. Grab Chase on. Um, yeah, have, Chase, have on, Chase on and Crosby. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't I know. I don't get it. I, I don't think there's any reason for this pick whatsoever, except for whatever is in their minds. That doesn't make any sense anyways. Yeah, yeah. it's. It's uh it's a uh, definitely baffling. And then uh, Jacksonville takes Chase on at twenty, um, and then we get to the for our purposes kind of the the fun run uh, towards the end of the draft. Philly, Minnesota go Rieger, Jalen Rieger, and Justin Jefferson back to back. The Chargers trade up to get Kenneth Murray. Then Caesar Ruiz, center, uh, not cornerback like Excel auto filled on me. <laughs> uh, Mike, when you told me that, I was like, did I make the? Because n- then I got the mental image of Caesar Ruiz, a center playing cornerback, but <laughs> it was just uh, Excel auto filling on me. Um, he goes to the Saints. Ayuk to the Niners, which is highly questionable as a Niners fan. Uh, Jordan Love to the Packers. We talked about. Uh, Mike, did you want to chime in on Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, you know, I like him. I, I like him a lot. I was actually hoping he'd fall. I mean, it doesn't – when you're at 25, okay, maybe it's a little bit of a reach. But I, I, he was one of the players I had going to the Colts that I, that I wanted. So, for him to land on the Niners, I got to say it's a, it's a good fit, especially since they needed a wide receiver. Yeah. So, here, here – you know when I give that exhale, you guys know that there's a, a 49ers confusing rant coming up because it happens every time. So – Ayuk is fine. I, eh, he was not in my top 10 wide receivers in the draft. Um, I will say that I understand why they got him because um, of the way the 49ers offense operates. It's a lot of um, we're going to get you open in space and do what you do. You know, get, get playmakers open in space. That's George Kittle. That's Debo Samuel. Um, that's what Brandon Ayuk does. Um, I was really hoping and what I was eyeballing um, for the 49ers at wide receiver after they passed on Lamb and Judy. First of all, I wanted CD Lamb. That's what I, I was so excited when it was Lamb and Judy. I was I was doing backflips. I was like, oh my God, we're going to get one of them. I hope it's CD Lamb. And then it was Javon Kinlaw. But at 25, you're first of all, you're trading up to get Brandon Ayuk, which tells, which means one of those teams between 31 and 25 wanted Ayuk. So he was going to be a first rounder no matter what. But I mean, T Higgins is a better player. That's my thing is T- Higgins is a better player. The only thing I can think about is that he doesn't fit what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, which is scheme guys open, get them, you know, the ball in space, get playmakers in space that doesn't really have room for a, you know, Kenny Galladay-esque player like T. Higgins is, you know, throw the ball up, let him get it, and, um, you know, not really any yards after the catch sort of thing uh, on a lot of them. Even though he he has great, you know, body control um, at the point of the catch, um, but it's, uh, you know, where he could get yak, but that's not really his game, or that is Brandon Ayuk's game. Um, it broke my brain when um, Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, after the first round, he was doing his, his media junket, and he says, oh, yeah, 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 Ayuk was our, our number two wide receiver on the board. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? It was, uh, I think it was Lamb and then Ayuk. And I was like, well, at least Lamb was number one and, uh, and um, uh, you know, Kinlaw was higher on the board for them. And I understand what the Niners did. They went out and they, lo- they lost Emmanuel Sanders. They lost DeForest Buckner. They were a Super Bowl team. They went out. They replaced DeForest Buckner. They replaced Emmanuel Sanders. And um, it's, I wanted Higgins. I understand. I've come to peace with it being Ayuk. But um, that's not the guy when you have limited ammunition like the Niners have, 
you're not trading your fourth round pick to uh, make that happen, you know? Because um, shot in the dark, when do you guys think the Niners pick again? Oh, probably not until late, right? I would imagine like what fourth round. Evan, when do you think the Niners pick again? Uh oh. Well, the easy guess is last second last pick in the second round. Well, the San Francisco 49ers next pick, uh, they have four more picks in this draft. Their next pick is pick 156 in the fifth round. Fifth round. I should have said fifth round. They pick at 156, 210, 217, and then um, the, hold on, this tracker says they pick at 245, but I thought they traded that one. Please hold. 245, I can tell you. Yeah, they traded pick 245 in the Tampa Bay trade. Yes. Yeah, Tampa Bay has the, that pick. Yeah, so they have three picks in this draft. They have 156, 210, and 217. Um, so the Niners are, are essentially out on this draft, um, which is why moving up yep. six picks and getting rid of a fourth rounder is kind of a head-scratcher to me. But, hey, you know what? That's less for me to worry about. Um, it's Brandon and, Brandon and I, you. You know, so I, I, I think that those measurables really don't equate to what they're what they're trying to do. It doesn't make much sense to me unless I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It is. So it is one of the things that uh, if um, John Lynch, I've, I think I've talked about it before. I know I have on the podcast where if he has a problem, it's uh, it's valuation, not evaluation. It's valuation. It's why Kyle Juszczyk, who you know, Pro Bowl fullback, um, a key component of the 49ers offense, just ask, ask Booger McFarlane, but he gave him a record fullback contract. He overpaid for Malcolm Smith. He overpaid for uh, Jason Verrett coming off injury last year, which is, I know Jason Verrett coming off of injury is uh, repetitive, um, but um, it's um, it, it's his one thing. And um, I think Ayuk in the first is a little questionable. I mean, if they if Ayuk was their guy and they knew that he was gonna be gone, then fine, you know, I'll take it. But there's you know, they could have gone after, say, like uh, Mike, your boy, who you really like that I don't really like, KJ Hamler. Uh, you know, I would have under- understood that if they traded back and traded back and got Hamler in the middle of the second, say. That would have been made more sense to me than trading up to get um Ayuk, who, like I said, is my number eleven wide receiver in this draft. So Yeah, I actually had Ayuk uh, as I mentioned to the Colts at forty four. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, it's a reach. I like I. I just think it was a, a big reach. Yeah, going was that twenty one picks ahead of where you thought he would? No, nineteen picks ahead of where you thought he would go. I mean, that's that's over half a round. And um, yeah, like if the Niners had traded back and traded back and took him in the forties, fine. They they wouldn't be able to take Ayuk in the forties, is my guess. But if they traded back, traded back, gotten KJ Hamler. Uh, uh, here's a question for you. Yeah. Since Jordan Love went right after Brandon Ayuk, would it made more sense for the 49ers to draft Jordan Love than Brandon Ayuk? God, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 Mike, no, no. We love Jimmy G. We love Handsome James. He's not going anywhere. Um, though I did, I, I, uh, yeah, I did wonder if um, if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had a panic attack when uh, he saw that the 49ers had traded with Tom Brady's team. 
He's like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, I thought this nightmare was over, <laughs> but uh, but no, um, no, I wouldn't. I the Forty ers needed to come out of the, this draft with a top flight wide receiver. They needed to come out with one of the good wide receivers, and um, they, you know, they they shot their shot. They they their picks for the rest of the draft are essentially useless. Uh, they could have could have gone one of two ways. Uh, which was uh, uh, trade back, trade back, trade back, you know, amass a lot of second, third, fourth round picks, or they do the way that they did. They say, all right, guys, pick the two players that you want more than anybody else. We'll go get them and we'll punt on the rest of the draft. And that's what they did. And then hell, if you're in the Super Bowl and pretty much your whole roster is coming back and you replace the two guys that left, the two major guys that left. Not bad. Not bad. They still need a cornerback. Uh, they're if they're going to be insane if they don't draft that in their, with whatever their first round pick is next year, uh, because three of their four top cornerbacks are free agents after next season. So uh, they really need to uh, extend those guys and uh, and draft some cornerbacks. So, all right. So, um, Mike, you mentioned Jordan Love. We already talked Jordan Love to death. Jordan Brooks, Seattle uh, took took him linebacker out of Texas Tech, uh, making this making the Raiders pick look good. Patrick Queen, Baltimore to LS uh, from LSU, um, which, you know, just saying I nailed that pick, nailed that pick. Um, and also um, Isaiah Wilson tackle to from Georgia to Tennessee. Uh, Noah, not going to try to pronounce his last name, cornerback Auburn to Miami. Gladney, cornerback to TCU. And then the surprise pick of the draft. I was shocked. I was ready to click submit on the uh, first round picks. The Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of LSU first running back off the board and is the first running back that I saw this, the first running back that Andy Reid has ever taken in the first round is CEH. Wow. Interesting. First running back. And check this out. Did you guys see the tweet about him talking to the director of player personnel? No. Um, no, I so, think, I, but I, I don't want to say for sure. Okay. So, um, he's, he's, I don't, the name, the player personnel guy, uh, the name escapes me, but, um, Andy Reid's talking to him and they're, they're watching the tape and the player personnel guy says, Hey, you know who this reminds me of? Reminds me of your boy, Brian Westbrook. And apparently without missing a beat, Andy Reid goes, nah, I think he's better than Brian. Oh, no way. Get out of here. Yeah. That, that's, no, that's... no, no, no. I mean, I could see him saying that. I believe you. You know, I didn't see that, but there is no way CEH is better than Brian Westbrook. Nope. Case closed. Forget it. He's being nice. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> well, I, I looked it up to find the exact quote, and apparently Andy Reid called <laughs> Brian Westbrook this morning to apologize. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you, Mike. Um, I mean, Clyde uh, CEH is good. Um, I mean, the easy comp here is, is MJD, which if he can have an MJD career, that's amazing. Um, but the real question, and this is what I want to talk about with CEH. Evan, you haven't you haven't chimed in a while. We'll start with you. Clyde, Clyde Edwards Solaire. So ding dong, Damian Williams is dead. I I win. I win. You 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 beat me in the Super Bowl, and this is what happens to you. I win, Damian Williams. But Last year, Damian Williams' marginal talent in the NFL had a long time to prove that he wasn't the guy. Um, the fantasy community worked themselves up into a lather over Damian Williams in the Chiefs offense as a second-round pick. <sighs> Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is actually good. 
he's quality. Like Mike said, he's no, he's not Brian Westbrook. <laughs> that was my, that was my reaction too, Mike. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. And that's 49ers legend Brian Westbrook. He played for a season with the Niners. Um, Evan, where does Clyde Edwards-Hilaire slot in for you right now in the running back ranks for redraft? Um, just ballpark. Third round. Third round. Wow. Sure. Like high end RB two. Okay, high end RB two. Um, Mike. Yeah, when- I mean, if Damian Williams oh. is going, is making people pick him in the second round. This guy can't be as bad as Damian Williams, and it's the same opportunity. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, he's much better than Damian Williams, so that's why third round. Maybe people got a uh, got burnt. Um. Oh, you think he should be higher? Yeah, I was thinking. Okay. Okay. Let's, um, Mike. What do you think? We'll say half PPR, and then we're gonna play a game with Ceh. If if I was to choose right now, we're talking redraft, correct? Yeah, just redraft only. Okay, redraft. I would not look at Ceh until the early fifth round. Early fifth round. Wow. So you're what? What? You're you're kind of low on Ceh. You're the from what I've bit. seen. Yeah. So so what makes you say? Um, not until the fifth round. Well, he he's obviously the starting running back coming out of the gate, and he's going to be playing the first and second down. He struggles with uh, his his number one. He's a good pass catcher, but he's limited. He's also a limited route runner, uh, and also with yeah. And Damian Williams, yes, he's he's gone. He's he's not worth it much anymore. Whatever, but he is going to have a, a role. He is going to have a passing down role in this offense which is going to eliminate C.H. Uh, unlike Josh Jacobs, where he was picked in the fourth round last year, where he had the whole field to himself. Mm-hmm. C.H. is going to share. Maybe a 70-30% cut, but it's, there's going to be a share there. And until he can become better at the passing game, then, that, then I don't see him um, in a redraft league uh, knocking Damian Williams completely out, out, of, out of this picture here. So with a 70-30% share... I'm going to say late fourth at the earliest and then definitely fifth round somewhere in the fifth round would be uh, that would be something that I would really like that. See, I thought you were going to say that it's pass protection. That was the problem because he he I watched, I think, four games of CEH last year, specifically watching CEH. I did not see a single pass pro rep. He was running routes out of the backfield on every single passing down and he was catching a lot of balls. So I thought you were going to go with the pass pro, keeping him off the field on third down, which I was ready to agree with you on because no, I don't I, know. If... I, that, when I what I mean when I say the passing game, that that is. Uh, oh, it, it was pass pro. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 I was like, Mike, he catches a lot of footballs, dude. But right. yeah, so he, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, but he is limited in in his range of, of catches. He doesn't have like a very wide range of of uh, reception. Uh, you know, um, I don't know how to explain it. Um, he can't catch pass out of the backfield. Uh, he is limited, yeah. but he will get better with that. He also will get better with running. He's limited in his routes run, but he will get better with that. Um, as you pointed out, his main deficiency in the pass game is his pass pro. Yeah, I didn't see him do a single pass pro snap. I was right. I was by the third game. I was like, I don't. You know, my 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 pass pro notes were very empty, and I was very confused. 
Um, sorry about the dog. I do believe we're getting a delivery right now, which drives her crazy. So if you're talking fourth round, I pulled it up here. Fantasy Pro's uh, consensus uh, ranks right now. Um, I mean, he's behind for you, Mike, behind, uh, let's see here, Devin Singletary. This is half PPR. Devin Singletary, Marlon Mack, um, and then ahead of David Johnson, James Conner, and Carrion Johnson. That's the round four, round five range by consensus. Um, we, we, there's no way we can pull up ADP right now with all the rookies that went off yesterday. But those are those are your running backs. And and um, Damian Williams is a fifth round pick in this. He's consensus number fifty seven. So um, I'm not, and that's that was before CEH went there. I'm not touching Damian Williams. I mean, that's that's shocking. You know, I spent a year raging against Damian Williams, but. Um, but I'm I'm a bit higher on him than you guys because I think on 15 touches a game, I mean I think he's a middling RB two at worst in 15 touches a game in that offense because he's much better than Damian Williams and when Damian Williams played he was fantastic. Now um, Damian Williams made his bones as a third down back. That's what he did in Miami most of the time. He was you know the pass pro and all that stuff. So. Maybe he's uh, maybe he being CEH is limited to the first two downs, but I mean if he's getting ten carries and five targets or five catches a game, I mean that's seventy five yards to start with, and if he scores, you're off to the races. So that's kind of how I feel about CEH. I'm I'm clearly the high guy here. Um, Mike, you're the low guy. That'll be interesting interesting to see how that plays out um, with him because we wanted Damian Williams, well, not not me personally, but the community wanted Damian Williams to be a thing so hard and so bad because of the Chiefs offense. And now there's an actual good running back in the Chiefs offense. So that'll be exciting. Um how shocked were you guys that he was the first running back off the board there? I mean, you got you got Jonathan Taylor. I mean, people were arguing about Taylor, Swift, and Dobbins as their tier one, um, you know, in some order. And then just like off the top rope, here comes CEH. Um, so, um, I mean, how shocking was it? I mean, do you think that maybe three out of the next ten picks are going to be these other guys, these Dobbins, Taylor, and um, Swift? I was shocked that any running back got picked in the first round. Uh, we did a lot of mocks for this, and in almost every mock, one of those top-tier guys was available at the end of the second round. These teams aren't picking five running backs in the second round. Uh, so I thought the Kansas City would, would just – they could have just waited until the end of the second round when they have their pick and gotten uh, an equal-caliber player. And, yeah, it was weird that he was the first one chosen – but I don't know. Andy Reid obviously fell in love with something there, and so when people make reaches, it's always hard to hard to put the pieces together and put the numbers in the paper. Yeah. So, Mike, do you where, whereabouts did you think Ceh would be going? I I had him at Kansas City at thirty two. That was that was pretty. Oh. I um I I I knew it was one one running back. I had one running back going in the first round. It was either going to be the Dolphins, which would have been DeAndre Swift. So when they when they went with Igamano, yeah, Noah. We'll just call him Noah. Noah. Noah, yeah, let's call him Noah. We got Tua and Noah in this draft. Yeah, Tua and Noah. And I like Noah. Uh, yeah. So w- when Noah went to Miami, uh, I'm like in the Chiefs. Uh, so I said, okay, well, they're either they're either going to go with Polaire or they're going to go some other position. And so I wasn't really too surprised that, that they went with Blair just because I knew that Swift wasn't going to fit their system. 
and Hilaire was the best fit for their system. So it wasn't surprising to me that it was Hilaire, um, or nor really surprising that a running back went. But I just didn't think – I just thought it was going to be more swift to the Dolphins than it was Hilaire to the Chiefs. All right, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I, I, I was sort of shocked when they, the Dolphins – I was with you that I thought they were going to go running back in the first round. Um, but they did the smart thing instead of the fun thing, which was uh, get a – they went tackle um, with Austin Jackson with their ninth pick – or 19th pick, and they had traded back um, to get um, – and then they took Noah, um, with the cornerback out of Auburn with that pick. So – I was a little surprised that Miami did the smart thing, I guess, because first round running backs are generally not the best idea because you can get one off the scrap heap, you know, most of the time, unless there's a guy you fall in love with, like clearly Andy Reid um, had to apologize for Brian Westbrook for the uh, the salacious things he said about uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, <laughs> so, go ahead. No, I, I was just, I was like, Jesus, I can't believe he said that. That, that just to me must have been a little alcohol. Must have yeah, if, alcohol before that comment. Little too many ribs. Had too yeah. little too many baby back ribs. Uh, was a little drunk off uh, of barbecue sauce. So let's loop back around and talk about the wide receivers that we haven't talked about. We talked about rugs. We talked about Brandon Ayuk. But, um, I mean, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Jalen Rieger, Justin Jefferson all went within uh, eight picks of each other. Um, so uh, let's start with the one that... I missed, I was dealing with a, 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 a dog situation in the house and I heard on the TV, Dallas takes CD lamb. And I almost, you know, what did my pants <laughs> CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup guys, if Dak Prescott isn't a top three wide or quarterback next year, what went wrong? Like that, that's kind of how I feel about it right now. Like Dak Prescott is locked and loaded number three to me right now. Am I insane? No, Mike, Mike McCarthy's the coach there, right? <laughs> so that's what went wrong was mike mccarthy uh, actually i was gonna say mike mccarthy knows how to run or well okay walk it back out mike mccarthy has experience running a high-powered passing offense but now i've tried myself out of it oh my god you all right there yeah i i yeah you're right mike mccarthy's not that good i don't know why i thought he was good because uh, he had Aaron Rodgers for like a decade and he tricked everybody and he tricked the Cowboys into giving him another job. Yeah. I mean, that's why. So I, I said at the top of the show, I, 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 I poked at it and I gave you guys a chance to whether you're thinking about it or not. One to three. Are they the best wide receiver core in the league now? Yeah. Amari, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I think the Giants have a good, yeah, and uh, I mean, they're good, but yeah, I agree. But the Cardinals I, aren't bad, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say that there's a couple teams that come close, but yeah. Yeah, Cardinals are like 1B. Yeah, Cardinals are good. Maybe like the Seahawks at a distant second place. Well, the Seahawks don't have a great third receiver. That's the problem. Nobody would, does. That's the that's what's so shocking about this pick. Yeah, is is so many teams don't need a third wide receiver. Um, I would put if they had a different quarterback. Carolina has a talented group of wide receivers that they're going to drastically um, mismanage and misuse this year with Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson. 
but they're 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 not as good as that's not as good as Dallas's triumvirate. Um, you know, Niners no, uh, New Orleans no. I'm just going through this list. Green Bay absolutely Tampa, not. Tampa Bay, although Mike Evans might be over the hill. No, he's not over the hill. Okay, well, why, Tampa Bay's why, right up there. Why? But why guess, does every third episode of the show turn into me defending Mike Evans about something? <laughs> I don't even like him that much. And I hate everything. <laughs> but it's. I mean, but the the the. The thing is, there is... Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Once we're done with this, let's talk about Gronk to Tampa Bay after this is done. We got so sidetracked by the by the draft that we forgot about Gronk to Tampa Bay. I want to talk about that, too. I was um, going to fight you with that one, too. I was like, what are you talking about? This? What do you mean you're for this? <laughs> yeah, Gronk to Tampa Bay. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they, they got to be the best wide receiver group in, in the NFL. And um, I this is what I think Jerry Jones is, is doing. Dak wants a long-term contract. Jerry Jones got him on the franchise tag. This is Jerry Jones saying, "I'm get you got Zeke, you got C.D. Lamb, you got Amari Cooper, you got Michael Gallup. You don't get me the NFC t- East title. You don't get a contract." That's what I think Jerry Jones is saying with this. He's saying, "You have Dak. You are out of excuses to not give me results." The garbage Eagles starting a converted uh, uh, quarterback and a bust rookie uh, in in Greg Ward and JJR Sega Whiteside they won the NFC East last year that is embarrassing if you're Jerry Jones because of how much pride you have in what you do you know he he's he's he is the Dallas Cowboys so this i think that this pick is him telling Dak you have you are out of excuses you don't give me an NFC East title and you don't throw for say 4500 yards 30-something touchdowns, you're out of excuses. I think that's what he's telling Dak. Because Dak had so many ups and downs last year, Evan. You had a panic attack about it several times on the show. Um, that this is Jerry Jones saying, all right, Dak, cards are on the table, buddy. You want this long-term contract? Go ahead and earn it. So that's what I think is going on with uh, with Jerry Jones and, and Dak Prescott. Yeah, and this pushes Ezekiel Elliott even further down my board. Right now, I have him at eight. I think this pushes him down to 11. Running back eight or yeah, overall? I, uh, running back eight. Uh, no, no, yeah, running back eight. Yeah. Um, so he's behind uh, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones. Yeah, all. Yeah, uh, I don't have I don't have the list in front of me, but I have him at eight. Okay. Wow. All right. I mean, you're you're. You're the down guy on the running backs. I don't. Th- I, them, yeah, then, I don't. I, the, his carries, um, the amount of carries that Ezekiel Elliott has right now at his point of his career, it spells big time injury. And I'm staying away from it as far as possible. No, he will not touch any of my rosters in redraft leagues. No, I mean that's that's entirely fair. Zeke has been getting uh, ridden hard for the uh, for the Cowboys, and I think. Um, I don't think that he's going to get hurt it's so much as I think that they're going to recognize that he's going to get hurt. And we're going to see a lot more of um, Pollard this year, whose first name is escaping me. Tony. 
Tony Pollard. I kept thinking of Scott Pollard, the old uh, Sacramento Kings uh, backup center. Oh, yeah, the dude. Wasn't he, didn't he have, like, tons of tattoos, too? Yeah, he had weird hair, and he was he was one of those guys who, they, you know, when teams were on NBA on NBC, they'd do the little player profile. It was always Scott Pollard because he was such a freaking weirdo. Um, now he's a real estate agent. I follow him on Twitter, and I see a lot of housing stuff. But, um, but I mean, that's more than fair that Zeke Elliott takes a step back this year because of the load, whether you think it's because he's going to get hurt or because you think the Cowboys are going to start to load manage um, him. So um, before we move on to Gronk and Tampa Bay, um, anything you guys want to talk about? Judy to Denver, Rieger to Philly, Jefferson to Minnesota? I want to say about Jerry Jones' motivation, uh, it may be that he wants to show Dak, hey, here, you've got all the tools to do it. But let's not discount uh, that C.D. Lamb fell into his lap wrapped with a bow. You know, he may not have even been thinking of going offense, but when Landwolf was at 17th, he got to take that. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't, he uh, kicked all of his, he told all of his uh, scout scouting team to not bother him. So um, that might have been a case of Jerry Jones's eyes getting bigger than his uh, his brain and uh, taking the, the guy that was the big name, the big talent, rather than the guy that might be the best fit for the roster. Um, because uh, I, what's that, Mike? I, I, well, just kind of interesting. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I got, I got taken to the woodshed over my, um, my statement about um, Damian Williams. What was your statement about Damian Williams on Twitter? I didn't see this. What happened? So basically, what I said was pr- pretty much what I said uh, with you guys that um, Ceh is a great player, but Damian Williams still has um, some life left. And who some people took you to the woodshed over that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I got one person saying, I really want to keep following you, Mike, but this is an incredibly disappointing and just flat out horrific take. That is one of the most mild mannered takes I've ever heard. Like, Evan, are you dying? Hey, this guy's good, but this other guy's there too. How can people get mad at that? It's crazy. Like, uh, let's see. Yeah, CEH. Oh, my God, Mike, you got ratioed like crazy, dude. 31 comments, two likes. Good golly. Yep, I got, I got ripped, and I lost, like, eight followers over it, I guess. Wow. All right. Well, then. All right. <laughs> That's, uh, okay. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't I don't have any problems with, with, with that take at all, but, okay, we'll see. It's we cool. got all, all uh, controversial Valverde over here. So, um, so, yeah. Um, Jerry Judy to Denver. I like that for Drew Locke. Um, Judy, Fant, Melvin Gordon, um, Cortland Sutton, that's a good set of weapons for for um, for Drew Locke. I think he has some some uh, one of the, if you do what you know. Sometimes we suggest, sometimes we don't, um, which is taking two quarterbacks. I think he would, he's not. You could do worse than taking um, Drew Locke with your last pick um, with those kinds of weapons. Um, if he's still there, we'll see how ADP shakes out. Um, and then uh, Rieger and Justin Jefferson. Um, I mean. Th- Every year, there's one or two guys in the first round that um, that pop for fantasy football. I'm not sure if it's going to be Justin. I, I don't think it's going to be Justin Jefferson. It could be um, Jalen Rieger. Sure, um, he'll be getting quality targets for the first time in a long time. So maybe, but n- neither one of those guys really excite me for fantasy football. Though I could see it, they don't. They don't give me and, any pop. And then with Justin Jefferson, don't 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 the Vikings who Jefferson went to don't don't they have Justin Jefferson already there and Adam Thielen. Um, I, I, I mean, I mean, how 
are they going to play the slot in on, on this offense? Yeah. And I mean, you got two pass catching tight ends. I mean, yeah. there's not going to be any pass that goes more than, you know, seven and a half yards downfield, which thank God, you know, for Kirk Cousins, he's excited. Um, but um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's weird when teams have all these redundant uh, guys that are just going to be stepping all over each other because you got Irv Smith, you got Kyle Rudolph, you got Adam Thielen, you got Justin Jefferson, you got all these slot guys and tight ends that are all going to be jamming up the same area of the field with no field stretcher. They have to go get a field stretcher. Um, you know, because it's it's going to get too jammed up, and then that'll have a cascading effect of Dalvin Cook having problems, and then it's all gonna it's all gonna go downhill from there, folks. Um, Jalen Rieger, I mean Philly getting a wide receiver was like absolutely necessary. It was I heard this morning rumors that Djax, Alshon Jeffrey, neither one of those guys are making the roster because they're just too hurt and they they won't be able to pull it off. Um, so that, that, that's an interesting thing that maybe Philly's not done getting wide receivers, um, there, but I, I don't know. They don't, they don't target the wide receiver enough for me to get excited about Rieger. That's the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. And I think who else is there too? I mean, you know, um, so I, I think that if one of the two, it's definitely probably going to be Rieger. who's going to have, uh, the better advantage yeah so i mean yeah it's 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 i i have trouble seeing where the targets are going to come from behind i mean the eagles are the only team to throw to uh wide receivers less than half the time in each of the last two seasons so i hope he's good that offense is sad it makes me sad it's it sad it got, philadelphians which is hard to do yeah it got bad in a hurry it got really thin in a hurry is what it is is it's it's Ertz who's on it's it's Ertz and goddard and you know miles sanders but the wide receiver core it's just like crickets yeah there's nothing is um which mccall is still there uh their deep wide receiver or did they they cut him djax there's rumors they're gonna yeah there's rumors that he's gonna get cut maybe an injury designation an injury settlement but um yeah he's still there i mean alshon's still there those are those are old guys who can't really stay healthy that's the problem that's why i got that's why it got so bleak in a hurry so before we head out, we're done with the draft. Speaking of old guys that get hurt all the time, Tampa Bay Buccaneers picked up Tommy Boy's old friend, Rob Gronkowski. Um, for the Patriots, I think this was a no-brainer. Um, Gronkowski said, I'm never going to play for you guys again. They pick up a fourth-round pick, um, and uh, the, the Buccaneers get uh, Rob Gronkowski and a seventh-round pick. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Evan, what do you think about Gronk in Tampa Bay? Depressing. Depressing. Yeah, right? the dude got retired due to injury. Now he's yeah. going to go to Tampa Bay, which doesn't have a great line. Yeah, but Evan, do you know what they... Tom doesn't know not to body his friends? I just, I, I, I'm, I'm scared for him. Well, you know what they say about back injuries, which is why he retired. They always get better. You know, yeah. and quickly. So and outpatient procedure, God. Yeah, it's so easy. You know, it's like stubbing your toe. Um, Mike, uh, w- you alluded to this earlier, but what do you think about Rob Gronkowski in Tampa Bay? I think it makes a nice little story on Reader's Digest. And that's it. That's pretty much it. He, I mean, the guy is broken down. He's, his age is, due to injury is probably about 50 now. Uh, it's, it's a nice little friend for Tom Brady to have in the locker room as, as they both go riding into the sunset. Uh, so yeah, it, 
it's whatever. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. Gronkowski is not gonna be some Pro Bowler, All Pro guy unless there's ten tight ends that get hurt this year and he's left one standing. Yeah. So my thoughts on on Rob Gronkowski are everybody wants to talk about that Bruce Arians doesn't use tight ends. Well, look at just. I challenge you, go look at all the tight ends not named Heath Miller, who Bruce Arians has had. And if you can tell me who on that list should have gotten more targets, I mean, is it John Carlson? Is it, uh, what's the other guy, uh, Jermaine Gresham? Like, who should have gotten more targets? If you can tell me who, who Bruce Arians should have made more room for in the offense, I'd be interested to hear it. Because he had Heath Miller, who was good, and then he had Trash. And that's not the problem. The, the, the Buccaneers, 10th most targets to tight ends last year. The problem is either one of O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait is still going to be on that roster when the season starts. Both of those guys have shown that they have a role on an NFL roster. Even if it's just enough to help the quarterback, 117 targets, which is what they had last year for the tight end. You divvy that up two ways that's not enough to support a fantasy football tight end it's not unless one guy is getting 60 red zone targets a year 30 of them in the end zone then we're talking but you divide up those targets you don't have a reliable week-to-week guy and when we last saw gronk it was sad it was it was rough watching rob gronkowski go up and down the field and i use up and down lightly because he was he was, it was a problem. And um, I don't know if his, his uh, Gronk brand CBD oil has cured him or what, but we're all on the same page here. I, I ain't interested in Rob Gronkowski. And it's not because of this specious Bruce Arians doesn't use tight ends narrative. That was an always a garbage narrative. I never bought into it. Smash cut to me saying it at some point in the past to make a point. But, <laughs> but, but I, I never truly, I, I my my adage I've used it is, you know, there's no preferred target in a blitz, sort of the there's no atheist in a foxhole sort of thing. And yes, you can keep tight ends into block, but 117 targets to tight ends last year, 10th most in the league. That's not the thing. If you have garbage tight ends who can only block, well, guess what? Guess what a good coach like Bruce Arians is going to do? He's going to have them into block. And if you have a garbage offensive line, guess what a good coach like Bruce Arians is going to do? He's going to have them into block. But if you have a good player like a... Uh, 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 Rob Gronkowski, who still has value. He's not what he was, but he's still, I would say, still in the top half of tight ends in the league. Um, you're going to use him. Same as O.J. Howard and Cam last year. Um, so he's not going to be good for fantasy, but it's not because of this dumb Bruce Arians doesn't use tight ends narrative. Um, especially here, if you want to know what good good, uh, good head coaches do, guess where the Patriots, the Patriots, who built their offense around tight ends for almost a decade. Guess where they ranked in tight end targets last year because they had no good tight ends. First. They were last. They were last. They were so close. They had 53 tight end targets last year. You could double the number of their tight end targets and you still would have some despair before you got to the number that Tampa Bay had. So that's what good coaches do. They tailor their offense to the players they have. That's why Bill Belichick is so good. And it's honestly, it's idiotic that something so simple is what makes somebody the best coach in the NFL, you know, or, or one of them. I'm not going to get in that argument if anybody disagrees. But, you know, so Bruce Arians will use Gronk. 
period. The, the only thing that I kind of disagree with, and I don't really disagree with you, because I don't know what the numbers behind it are. You, you bring up a good point about the numbers statistically last year uh, to the tight ends with Bruce Arians. The only thing that I would ask you um, about that would be, what is the ratio uh, per se? Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously had much more passing offense than, than most teams. So what would that ratio cut out to be if you average it out to the mean of rest of the NFL? You mean uh, uh, their their target, uh, their market share? Yeah. So if, if you just average it off to what normal NFL's um, tight ends, you know, as a collective, what 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 would that be? What would that place them if you took away all those passing numbers, all those passing plays that Tampa Bay did? So what you want is like a position, a, a percentage of passes targeting the tight end as related to the whole number of passes. Exactly. 16th. They were tied with Miami for 16th. They were ahead of teams that were excited for their tight ends like Carolina, Atlanta, the Chargers, uh, Steelers. Um, but they're, they're, they're 16th. 16th. In, yeah, tied for 16th with Miami. So that, that's, that's not too bad. I, I, think the, yeah. I think your point point is still relevant at 16. It's still... There's a, I mean, when you're in the middle of a league of, of tight ends and you're, you're definitely implementing the tight end in your offense. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's more my point. The number 10 in overall targets works better. Thanks, Mike. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, worst case, they're in the middle of the league in terms of tight end target rate and, uh, or, or, um, you know, ratio of targets to tight ends. I'm, I'm not going to break it down into, targeting to running or tight ends per tight end routes run. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Come on. That's, that's just, that's just trying to find, manipulate the numbers till you find one to support your, uh, your, uh, your, uh, your point of view. Yeah. Your argument. But I mean, they were at 19.3%. And um, I mean, the, the, uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, five teams between 19.3 and uh, 20 and a half. So it's like it's all kind of, you know, three, four more target, one extra target to a tight end every four games. And they're, you know, up in the top 12, top, top 11. So it's like, you know, they they use the tight end is my point. That's my point. They use the tight end. So how much time we have? Can we talk a little bit around two with running backs? Sure. Okay. so where's DeAndre Swift going for you guys uh, in round two? Um, I am going to ask you to answer that question first because I'm definitely not pulling up a chart of round two order NFL draft 2020. <laughs> definitely not Googling that. What do you think, Mike? I agree. Oh, sorry. You didn't answer yet. Um, you, you, you'll probably agree. I say he goes to Detroit at 35. <sighs> yeah, probably. Let's see. I'm looking here. I think, I think uh, Swift... Dobbins and um, Taylor are all going in the next 10 to 15 picks just from a pure talent perspective. Oh, I know where he could go. I know where he could go, Mike. And it's really? not, it's not, th- it's not 35. It's 34. Uh, I don't, I think they're pretty much, even though I, that I'd be excited about that. I really would. I just don't think that uh, I think they're sold on that. I think Mac is our guy. See, my problem with the uh, – and since uh, 
the reader, the people at home don't have a draft order in front of them. It's the Colts. It's it's the Colts. Uh, Mike's team. Um, this is my thing. I feel like they telegraph what they do. Marlon Mack is on the field. They're going to run it. And um, if uh, Naheem Hines is on the field, they're going to, you know, they're going to pass it to Naheem Hines if they can. So I'm all about like getting, you know, cutting that up and, and getting it all into one guy instead of having two different guys. So I don't know. Do you guys have more second round picks or is it just the one? Oh, you guys have 44. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, okay. So I'm going to go with the Colts take. Who do they take at 34, Mike? I think they're going – who I really want them to go with is Xavier McDaniel. I think that McKinney? was just – McKinney? I'm sorry. Yeah. Xavier yeah, McDaniel. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> I don't know where I got McDaniel. Xavier I McDaniel? Yes. The forward for the <laughs> Seattle Supersonics in the 1990s. <laughs> I knew I knew that name. <laughs> Bald-headed dude that, oh, Lord, yes. <laughs> yeah, Xavier McDaniel. Yeah, Seahawks and, and or sorry, Seahawks. Supersonics and the uh, the the Nets. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Um, but no, yeah, McKinney. I think that's a good pick. What were you saying, Evan? That's what I was rooting for, too. They need a safety. He's the best. He's the best in the draft. Yeah. So, really nice score. And, and then 44. 44. Maybe that's when they take. If one of these three three running backs fall. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Maybe a little Swift. Maybe a little Taylor. I think. I just think that the the offense could do a lot better. A lot more things if they had um, a multi-purpose back. And if one's available to them at forty-four, you know, I, I think that they should pull the trigger on it. Um, but I think they will. Or maybe if if Higgins, Chenault, um, or Mams isn't there. That's fair enough. And this mock draft that I pulled up when I was pulling up the draft order has uh, the Bengals taking T. Higgins with the first pick today. So we'll see how that goes. Um, that would be interesting um, because the last time he played, he played against um, against Joe Burrow, and then he'd be his number one target. Um, so let's see. Yeah, Lions at 35 is not a bad – that's a pretty good call. Um, Patriots, 37, because they, they traded with the Chargers, got the Chargers second and third round picks. Um, they might go running back there. Probably not. Panthers, definitely not. Then you got the Dolphins again. Dolphins might get Swift with number 39 or Taylor or Dobbins. Who knows? Texans, it would be absolutely freaking insane to trade for David Johnson and then <laughs> and then take a running back with the pick that came with David Johnson. Browns, no. Jags. Jags is a good option because they're trying to get out from under Leonard Fournette. Um so yeah, I think uh, we'll say uh, you said Swift to the Lions. That's fine. I'll take that, and we'll go Taylor to the Jags. Where does Dobbins go? Ooh, that's a good question. What do you think, Evan? Let's see. You gave somebody to Miami, right? Yeah, we said Swift went to Miami. Okay. So now we're on pick forty-three. Ah. Uh. Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm thinking if he doesn't go to the Colts, he's going to be. A, I don't think he's. Ma- I don't think he's making it past 45. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, if if he's there at 45, I agree. There's, I mean, what are you going? Well, who are you relying on? Derry Ogunbowale and Ronald Rojo. Jones. Rojo, baby. Yeah, I, I just don't see that. 
being very helpful for Tom Brady. So um, might as well try again and see what you can get. Yeah. And, and I don't think any of these backs are making it past Atlanta at 47. I think that by 47 running back run doesn't happen every year. I know it's, it's uh, all these guys were, you know, they're good backs, but they uh, just couldn't um, teams couldn't pull the trigger on the first round. I remember um, I was watching uh, Daniel Jeremiah's uh, mock draft, uh, move the sticks. Cause you know, we're more important than him. So go check out, move the sticks. Um, no, his mock draft, he, he, he didn't have any first round running backs and they were t- asking about it. And he said, look, they're good running backs with first round grades. I just had nowhere to put them. And I think that's, that's where we kind of sit right now, where it's like, there was nowhere to put them in round two. So I think there's going to be a, a run on them in, or in round one. I think there's going to be a run on them in round two. Um, looking through this mock draft, they have Jonathan Taylor going 49 to the Steelers, which I would be upset with because I own James Conner in some leagues. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that's the wide receivers. And where's Chase Claypool go, guys? What team? You don't have to tell me a pick. I just want to know where my best friend Chase Claypool's going. He's going to go to the Colts. No. I want him to have a good quarter. But, ooh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> anyways, anyways. All right. So any, anything else from round one you guys want to talk about before we head out? I'm glad it happened. I'm glad a sports thing happened. Yep. And enjoy the next two round or next two days of picks because it's the last sports thing that's going to happen until 2021, everybody. Um, I watched women's. I watched the women's football league. Do you know there's a 59 team women's football league? 59 teams. That's yeah, too many teams. Women's football alliance. That's too many. Yeah. So, so you can watch. Yeah, you can watch women's football. You can watch uh, the KBO. The um, Taiwanese Baseball League, or in the Korean Baseball League, sorry, KBO, Korean Baseball Organization. They're playing. They have all their players sequestered. Um, so they're playing uh, playing games. Uh, but that's it. That's all we got for sports. So I think that'll do it today for the uh, first, first round recap for the uh, F- Football Absurdity Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, blah, 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 whatever app you got there. And rate and review, we would greatly appreciate it. If you want more from us, you can check out our Patreon. Three bucks a month gets you uh, an extra episode. If you only want to be a freeloader, just kidding, we love you. We'll see you again in two weeks. Um, but next week, we'll be back in the uh, Patreon feed with the easy, easy button. We'll talk about rounds two through seven, talk about some fantasy football relevant guys, and have a seven hour long podcast. And, so, and mark, mark this draft or mark this podcast because we, if we have a football season come week 10 and Damian Williams is still fantasy relevant, I, 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 I want to refer this back to all my Twitter followers who have <laughs> and say, remember when? Yeah, Mike, for, <laughs> for Mike, who definitely doesn't hold grudges, <laughs> for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening, everybody, and you have a good one. Bye. Bye.